All right, so the Tylenol murders on September 29th of 1982, and it took a total of seven victims. So the first victim was a 12-year-old girl, unfortunately, named Mary Kellerman. She lived in a suburb in Chicago. She told her mom that she was experiencing, you know, sore throat, runny nose, typical common cold things. So her mom gave her a Tylenol, you know, an extra strength Tylenol. By 7 a.m. she was dead. Wow. Yeah. Now this, unfortunately, victims two through four were all part of the same family. It started with 27-year-old Adam Janus of Arlington Heights, Illinois, and they thought he died from a heart attack, but, you know, he did die. So while they were mourning over him, 25-year-old Stanley Janus and 19-year-old Teresa Janus, which are the brother and sister-in-law to Adam, they went to his house to console the family, and they both got headaches dealing with all the stress and the grieving of Adam's death, so they both took about one to two capsules of his extra strength Tylenol. That same day, Stanley died, and Teresa unfortunately died two days later. Tylenol. From Tylenol. Tylenol out here. Is it Tylenol or Tylenol? Tylenol. Tylenol. Oh, I call it Tylenol. 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 How do you pronounce Tylenol, guys? Tylenol or Tylenol. Tylenol. Or Tylenol. 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 I'm going to start calling it Tylenol. <laughs> Do you have any extra strength Tylenol? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but, I mean, at this time, no one knew that it was the Tylenol that was the one causing the killings. You look like you want to say something. I <laughs> but I don't, okay, so I don't know if you're going to get to this later. Mm-hmm. Do they think that this specific bottle like was targeted towards this family no or was this just just be- random bottles they, they were just random bottles okay so just like uh mary kellerman it you know different households right. but it was a bottle and then another bottle there were a couple i will get into that later okay but <laughs> so i'll just wait uh so over the next few days three more deaths happened and there wasn't a lot of background on them Um, So victim number five was 35-year-old Paula Prince, and she lived in Chicago. Victim six was a 35-year-old Mary McFarlane, and she was from Elmhurst, Illinois. Victim seven was a 27-year-old Mary, I almost said Wiener, but I think it's Weiner. Weiner. It's, yeah, W-E-I-N-E-R. And she is from Winfield, Illinois. So a lot of Marys. They soon found out that all seven of the deaths had traces of potassium cyanide. So, the untraceable. In October of 1982, investigators connected the cyanide deaths with Tylenol. So, Johnson & Johnson's, which is the manufacturer, manufacturer, Why are we having so much issues today? It's just a day. It's a day. Um, Johnson, Johnson, Johnson? Yeah. That, they manufacture baby stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like lotions and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, everything else that you could ever think of. Yeah. Baby stuff, adult stuff. 
I actually didn't know they did adult stuff. I thought they just strictly yeah. did baby lotion. They have like stuff. Tylenol and Tylenol extra strength, and like they have a line of medicine products. Also, McNeil Consumer Products. They put out a mass media warning, recalling about thirty-one million bottles of Tylenol, which that's a lot of bottles. They ended up giving replacement capsules to those who had previously bought Tylenol bottles. And they also put out a reward to anyone who had any information or certain people that they thought would... Have done this? Yeah, would have poisoned. All these people? Yeah. So, they did have a suspect or two. Um, The first one was a man named James Lewis, and he claimed to be the Tylenol killer. So, he admitted to doing all of this. And he wrote a ransom letter to Johnson & Johnson's wanting $1 million to stop the poisonings. What? But, as you know... So, is this, like, a false confession kind yes, of deal? Yes, okay. He, Yeah, yeah. Usually I'm, when they ask for a ransom, it's false confessions. It's yeah. false confessions. Yeah. That's what I've noticed, Ellie. So, this is when they actually discovered that James lived in New York, and he had no connection and no link to Chicago. So, obviously, couldn't have been him. He didn't get off the hook, though. He was charged with extortion and sentenced to 20 years. Wow. Okay. I mean, hey. Hey, don't <laughs> give out false confessions, I guess, and demand ransoms. Yeah. Yep. So, he ended up just serving 13 of the years, and he was released in 1995. Another copycat came around the late 1980s to the early 1990s. A man named Joseph Meeling. He was 31. On February 2nd, 1991, he attempted to kill his wife with cyanide filled capsules for her $700,000 insurance policy. Wow. Just doing anything for the money, I see. Greedy. Yeah. Old digger. Yeah. Honestly. I mean, he, I could see why he would be a good suspect because he put the capsule in five other packages on store shelves. Oh. So it's like five victims. So he did yeah. part of it. Well, they he did that to divert suspicion off of him from killing his okay, wife. Because okay. if, I mean, your wife is in your house and she died of cyanide, you're the only one me. there. Yeah. So, I mean, Obviously, you'd yeah. be a prime suspect the after first that. Time, first thing they go for is a spouse. Yeah, yeah there'd be nothing else that would link to any other option. She did, however, survive. Oh. Yes, so she survived her husband trying to kill her. So out of the five other cyanide-filled capsules, there were some deaths along with it. Kathleen Danker, 40 years old, from Tacoma, and Stan, they have really hard name, like, last names. McWhorter? McWhorter? also 40, of Lacey Wash died from the capsules. So he spent life in prison for fatal product tampering. After the Chicago crisis happened, the 35% went from, went to less than 8%. Wow, so that really like that killed them. That dropped everything. <laughs> Johnson & Johnson's came up with better protection pack- packaging which I believe this was obviously what probably got them to create the foil seals are on like all the 
over-the-counter medicine that you see, like ibuprofen and Tylenol. Obviously, Tylenol. is that the foil? Like you yeah, they have to like pull. And you, you sometimes there's pull it cotton. Or, like, poke it and peel it off. Yeah, and the cotton. Sometimes there's cottons underneath that that you have to pull out before you can get to your medicine. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. So that's why they did that is because of this case. I'm thinking. So they changed their capsules and named them caplets, and they are made with a, you know, easy to swallow gelatin base Mm -hmm. or coating, which made it harder for people to tamper with because with the old capsules, they, you could just break them open, do whatever you want in there, close them up, up, and it's like nothing ever happened. So they were, yeah, too easy to tamper with. After they did that, you know, Johnson and Johnson's slash Tylenol, they end up recovering their business again, and everyone started buying Tylenol again. After this whole crisis, the Tylenol bill was passed in 1983, making it a federal offense to tamper with any consumer products. Good. Which I feel like that should have... Yeah, I feel Maybe like that should have been, been in place. place. Yeah, because you would think like where drug overdoses and stuff like that not a thing at this time. That's what I mean. Because thinking. like you know people can mess with medications and make them kill people or yeah. harm people or trip or something. Like, yeah, you would think that's something they would have had instated at the beginning. They probably never thought of it until something like this happened. Like, Well, there was um, there was another case. It, it wasn't Tylenol, but it was Excedrin. People were using cyanide to, you know, do the same exact thing. They would tamper with them in the stores, put them on the shelves, and then more cases would happen. I'm not sure on that year exactly, but I wonder if maybe it was around the same time. Because if that happened before, then it wouldn't make sense that they should have already had that policy in place. But, hey, at least it's in place now. Yes. Yeah. I have off-brand Tylenol. I have Tylenol, like actual Tylenol. <laughs> I have strength now. I don't want to take it. I don't want to die. Well, as long as the ceiling isn't tampered with. Yeah, I don't take any medicine that doesn't have a cotton ball in it. And I wonder if they put that in there so that if people did take off the seal and pour something in it or do it something It wouldn't get to directly it. on Yeah, it wouldn't directly get on the medication. It'd be, like consumed by the cotton ball. No. In 1989, the FDA created federal federal guidelines to make all manufacturers create tamper-proof products. So not just Johnson and Johnson's. So everybody now. So has everyone to do had it to because yeah. of this. Yes, because, because of people this. are evil and dirt bags. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Humans suck. I say this all the time. I know. Pretty sure you say it in almost every episode. Yeah, you really do. People suck. Yeah, people suck. Humans suck. You just do. Like, why would you even want to do that? Like, like, you can't detect cyanide, so, like, why? What makes you want to just poison and kill people? Right, like, just at random. Yeah. And to go through all the work, break open the capsule, to put the shit in the capsule, to close the capsule. You know why? Why? Because humans suck. Oh, my God. Alrighty, then. (laughs) We'll see you guys next week. Bye. What the flip is up, dudes?
Thanks for coming back after last week's episode. We're going to take it down a notch. And this episode, we'll be talking of, well, I, Alexis, me, <laughs> will be talking about the Tylenol murders of 1982. Ooh. Stay tuned.